This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. They stuck our soybeans in during a two-day planting window late last week before the rain. It is an experiment, as I do not believe that we have ever planted anything in soils this cold before. The family is still predominantly growing corn for the feedlot, and it was good to get the fewer acres of soybeans in and out of the way so they could change equipment over the corn. We had a couple of shots of rain totaling about an inch, which was very much needed. It is hard to see another window to plant in this week in our forecast. So the soybeans went in in April, and now it will be sometime in May for corn. We planted the soybeans first ahead of corn for the first time a year ago, and they performed well. We are told that soybeans can handle cold better than corn, so that's the experiment. Warm-up in the forecast is slow, but improves next week. There was more work and planting progress done further west in Iowa as we traveled to Omaha last weekend for the Berkshire Hathaway Annual Meeting. They are drier than we are. Progress then faded as we went south to Omaha. RDO said that the trade reportedly expects that 17 to 20 percent of the corn was planted compared to 42 percent last year. We have none planted. They were looking for 8 to 9 percent of soybeans being in compared to 22 percent last year. We are 100% planted on the soybeans the first time. The disparity between planting progress and history here will worsen further this week, with planters hopefully rolling in earnest the following week. For the most part, this crop will have missed the early planting window that provides some buffer to the summer weather risk. We will be at least 10 days behind when we like to have the corn planted. Conditions are comparatively poor too, relative to last year given cold temps. It has been a long time since we've seen 80 degrees here. At least the snow should be melted in the Dakotas. Last year we planted when we needed, under much better soil temperatures than this year, and the crop got off to a great start. That was likely the primary reason that yields in the western Corn Belt exceeded expectations, given drought conditions later in the summer. Root systems got established early and went deep. All that we can say at this point is that this year is not starting off as well as last. Planting delays because of rain at least help improve subsoil moisture levels. Crops, however, will enter their grain filling period more in the heat of the summer than last year. Last year I spent nothing on drier gas, and delayed planting likely means more costly handling at harvest. Late planted crops are at least one strike against reaching trend line yields in a year when there is no buffer on the balance sheet for short crops. It was expected that price would weaken when the crops went in. They have been bidding up attempting to encourage farmers to plant fence row to fence row. When planting decisions are made and crops are in, that bidding incentive stops for a while until the focus shifts to crop condition. That transition in market weakness may be short-lived given conditions this year. Attending the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting is a little like going to church to hear a sermon on investing from Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. They announced a major purchase of Chevron stock, saying that they wait to tell all shareholders news at the same time when the market's not trading. They had a request from someone holding a large block of Berkshire stock for a special meeting, and they gruffly refused, saying that they endeavor to treat all shareholders equally and give no preference one from another. It is very important to them that all shareholders get information from them at the same time to eliminate any favoritism for acting upon it. I thought that was an interesting contrast in culture to the USDA. 
It used to release USDA reports after hours so everyone could get the information they provide and could then act on it later on an equal footing. Then USDA changed. They now release reports during market hours. The high-frequency traders set up servers closer to the exchange computers on the fiber optic line and program in logarithms to react to report info ahead of us. That is why we see instantaneous reactions to reports if or as USDA numbers trigger their buy and sell parameters. We often see sharp moves and high volumes from these high-frequency traders. There's risk there for them in that they have the right algorithms in place, but it does turn trading more casino-like, and by releasing reports while markets are trading, there are some that have used that to attempt to gain advantage. USDA will make their first adjustment to trend line yields in this month's WASDE report before confirming what farmers actually planted in the June acres report the following month. The drag on planting progress is not good for adding any corn acres. With any slippage of acres and or drop from trend line yield, we move closer to a full out rationing type corn market where prices go high enough to trim back demand. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.